It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We're back. Double cover, double cover, double covered. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? I know it's been a while. It's been a few weeks since you've heard from us, but welcome to Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. I am Jason. To my left, my right, I get confused some weeks. I got my brother, D-Mac, Devin McCourty. Uh, Before we get started, just so you guys know, we've been away for a while. I hurt my foot versus Atlanta a few weeks ago. I was required to have surgery on my foot, Liz, Liz Frank, uh, surgeries, what they call it, the ligaments, all of that stuff. We'll get into it, into the show. But that's our reason for not being able uh, to jump on here. It wasn't Dez's fault. It was all my fault and the dumb grass that made me hurt my foot. But you guys know you can find us each and every week, usually on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, your favorite podcast channels. All you have to do is search Double Coverage with McCordy Twins. And as you know, you can find us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at McCordy Twins. Dev, welcome to the show. Coming off a big win this week. What's happening, Jay Mac? Yes, we got a lot going on here. Um, I mean, I don't want to interrupt you. You started to get into your injury. Do you want to just let the people know what you've been dealing with? How you moving around these days? What new vehicle did you get? How fast are you right now? Post-surgery? How fast were you pre Do you want to get into all of that and let the people know exactly who the better and more athletic twin is at this moment? Uh, For sure, man. Uh, Like you said, and I kind of documented the process of it, uh, going out to Green Bay, getting my surgery, the flight and all of that. So at some point I may try to release that in some form or fashion just to give another look of the NFL life and and what it means to be injured, being on IR and all those things. But hurt my foot, mid-foot injury, uh, the ligaments between the big toe, second toe, completely tore, all of that uh, medical stuff. But I think the biggest thing for me has been – it's been tough of just having to sit still, like really sit still. Uh, this is my 13th year, my seventh surgery that I've had playing football, one in college, six in the NFL. But this is the first time like I'm not able to walk. I'm not able to put any pressure on my foot. I got the little four wheel uh, scooter that you put your knee on to ride around with. Uh, for the past two weeks post-surgery, I haven't been able to sweat or do any of those things to get the incision uh, infected. So I've really been just at home and you know how everybody says oh so great you get to spend some time with the kids yes that's been awesome but at times you just want to run away and I can't even walk away my son's talking trash to me telling him I can't catch him even if I wanted to the kids are telling me if they get mad enough they're going to kick me in the foot this is what I've been dealing with but I think kind of on another level of that um, just the mental aspect of it you know when you go on IR it's completely different Uh, I got injured in Atlanta game. Uh, The next week, the team's preparing to get ready to go to Buffalo. I'm in the building maybe two times that week. And then after I have surgery, really wasn't in the building at all because there's no rehab to do. You have a cast on your foot. And 
all of a sudden you look up and you're completely isolated from the team. And yeah. for the past two weeks, I've really been in the house darn near every day other than maybe going out to eat lunch or something like that. And for me, I'm very grateful that I have my wife, I have my kids, I have family in town. So there's something to occupy the, that time and fill those dead periods. But you think about it, a guy that comes in the league, young, first five years, and you don't have a living girlfriend or family around that's close. All your friends and the people you're with are your teammates. So when you go on IR, there's no one to go grab food with because they're in meetings or they're at practice. They're doing everything that you've been doing. So from a mental standpoint, I've just been trying to occupy my time, find things to do. Uh, it's been heavy on me. I think I went into this year, I've said it on the show, didn't plan on playing beyond this year. And then you get into this year, you're in the game seven and you're planning to play a strong 18 games and be able to hang them up and feel good about it. And boom, just like that, uh, your season's completely done. And you're asking why, like what? And you just kind of got to wait on it, be patient and, and wait for God's kind of path for you. But that's been tough, you know, figuring all of that out and, and becoming comfortable uh, where I'm at in this space. So just still figuring it out and it's step-by-step. Finally got my cast off. I'll be in the boot uh, for probably another eight weeks. So it's a process, but uh, I'm figuring it out. Man, I-, I appreciate you asking. Hey, man, but I know like you're still kind of a dolphin. I mean, you signed a one-year deal, so you're still a dolphin on paper. But if you get too bored, you want to help me break down film, help me get the edge, third down, red area, situational football. If you want to still watch film and help the Patriots win, I mean, you're helping your brother, you're helping your former team. It could be a win-win if you see what I'm saying. I, I don't, but if you want me to entertain it, we got to talk salary. Like if you're willing to pay, I know, you know, I signed a veteran minimum uh, deal this year. So now there's no player performance involved in it because I'm just out. So if you're trying to make up for some of that and we're talking some dollar signs, we can maybe make some things shake. But before uh, you get into all of that nonsense about Patriots and former teams, let's get right into kind of talk about what's been going on since we've been missing. Odell Beckham Jr. is now in L.A. with the purple hair. The whole city is buzzing. He's there. Rams go out, lay a dud, get beat by San Francisco. I don't want to talk about the game. Who cares? We don't play for either one of those teams. But thought (laughs) process on Odell's in Cleveland. Obviously, the past three years, injured one year, but it hasn't worked out. We know it. He knows it. Baker knows it. Andrew Berry, the GM, knows it. Jimmy and D Haslam, the ownership, knows it. They need to find a way out. They don't trade him. Odell forces his hand or whoever knows what happens. He forces it. Cleveland forces it, but he's out of there. Is there a right or wrong way to get out of your current contract to, I guess, get somewhere where you can prosper more? Is there a right or wrong way to do that? No, I mean, I think this is the NFL. You know, if the team wanted out of your deal, trade, release. That's what we talk about. Here, it kind of seemed like both people were like, hey, you gave it your all. We gave it our all. This just isn't working. Odell Beckham didn't plan to go to Cleveland and tear his ACL or sprain an ankle. Like, he didn't want any of that stuff. The man was on top of the world when he was playing for the Giants. He was. He was was. one-hand catching. He was doing everything. So he didn't plan on that. The team didn't plan on it. They all plan on this thing to be a huge hit and success. It's not going that way. The guy's now healthy. He's limited in targets. It's just not working. And I thought what you saw here was how our business can work in a pretty good fashion. Both sides come together. They redo his contract. They structured it in a way that he can become a free agent. 
He becomes a free agent. He gets the opportunity to choose where he wants to play. Chooses the LA Rams. But as a teammate, are you mad? Like this is a guy you've been playing with for the past three years. And now he's basically basically saying, I don't want to be here. I want to be elsewhere in the middle of the season. Are you mad? Because who knows? The game, they could have played against you guys. And next thing you know, Jarvis Landry gets hurt or Peoples gets hurt. And now this was a guy that you're counting on. They've had that already. People have been hurt. People have been, Jarvis Landry was hurt. He was on IR. They've already had those things. I don't know the exact production he had this year in Cleveland. I don't have the numbers and stuff right in front of him. But like now we're talking about like, oh man, they're going to miss the two for 20 yards he had one game or the three for. So, so it's like, yeah, you could be mad, I guess, in a sense. But like when you break it down, what are you mad at? His production level's been low. It hasn't worked out in Cleveland. So, like, what would anybody be mad at? I think now it allows a a guy who's had great years in this league, who, I mean, when you turn on the film, still still is able to get open, still looks like a good player. Now he's able to go take that and maybe go be productive elsewhere, and maybe there's a scheme that fits him better. I, I just thought you saw two sides saying, hey, this isn't working. We don't want you to stay here and suffer and not be productive. And we don't want to have you here paying you money to not be productive. So I think it was a great split. How it happened and all of that doesn't really matter. But I thought, you know, it was an opportunity for both sides to go separate ways and still try to salvage what's left of the season. Now, for a second, I, I thought he was heading to New England. And then I saw somebody post something about him and I saw the hair was purple. So then I started to think, will Odell fit in New England? Purple hair. I didn't think it would work. Green Goblin with the green hair. Jalen Mills. You got Yaka. My guy Yaka rocking the red dreads. It just seemed like too much of a rainbow going on. And he had to go do his own thing in L.A. The only guy with the color hair. He can really make it happen off the field marketing. Not going to ask you to comment on that. No, you're not into the hair. You're a bald guy. So we're just going to move right along to the next topic. How tough is it? The Bucks come out. They've lost two. Coming off the, I think they had a bye week. Coming off the yeah, bye, they had a bye week. They're playing, playing against the Washington football team. And Washington came out ready to play. I mean, I've said it before on this show. My my middle kid, my son, Caden, is a huge Tom Brady fan. And I'm, I'm out. I'm in here trying to teach life lessons. Because I got the two TVs going. I'm watching Dev's game on one, Tom Brady on the other. And Tom throws two picks early in the game. And my son is a sore loser. Like, when stuff's not going right, he takes it hard. Like, he wants to win and I love and I appreciate that from him. So I'm looking at the game and I'm like, Tom's thrown two picks, but let's watch this game. Watch how he gets over and he wills his team back for a victory. And it didn't happen. And late in the game, we're watching. And it's obvious at this point, Tampa's going to lose. My son looks at me, almost a tear in his eye. And he's like, can, can you turn from that game? I, I don't want to watch it anymore. Is it tough as a good team in this league, week in and week out? How do you get over it? You've lost two. Do you have to ramp it up and go super hard? Or is it kind of staying even kill and just doing business as business? I would answer this, but I haven't been on many good teams. So I think you're more qualified to give an answer here. Yeah, I think for one, it's tough coming off the bye week. Um, sometimes you have momentum. Sometimes you need the bye. The bye week is always like, hey, we need rest. But like we got to ramp it back up and get ready to go. Especially sometimes you come off that bye week against teams who maybe have won consecutive games or they're starting to figure things out. And 
they're like, all right, here we go. Here's our chance against a good football team to go do what we do. Um, and I think for a team like Tampa, they've won. They just came off a Super Bowl victory. So there's gonna, there's not going to be any panic over there. They're not out of it. You know, speaking for myself, we were two and four. You know, a lot of people were like, well, this is a must win. And then we lost. Well, this is a must win. And then we lost again. Well, now this is a must win. And then we win it. And now people are like, oh, they got. And I think for us, it was like, hey, we're two and four. Nobody's winning any games who are six and oh. That's not saying they're going to go into the Super Bowl. They're not into the playoffs. Like, hey, we're we're six games into this. Let's just get going and start to do things a little bit better. Let's figure out where we're falling short. For us, it was situational football. Let's play better in these situations and mm. see what happens. Next thing you know, you're on a four-game winning streak. And as, as I always like to talk about in the NFL, when you win Sunday, you're the next best thing. When you lose Sunday, oh, throw them out. They're done. They're finished. It's a hot and cold roller coaster league, roller coaster year. But I think teams like Tampa will find a way. They're too good not to find a way. This this football stuff, the NFL, is all about when do you hit your stride? Do you hit your stride in time to play your best football in January and February? If you can do that, you have a chance to be one of the last teams standing. Yeah, very true. Focusing on the little things is what I heard from what you said. And uh, you guys had a big win uh, this past Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns. And it kind of alludes to the consistency and, like you said, a level team of being able to just keep it going. And I think we talked about a little bit about Odell earlier, but kind of switching over to him and just the Cleveland Browns or just a team in that same situation. You, you have a week where you have a high-profile player who is getting ready to leave the team. You go into the Cincinnati game where he's still on the roster, but at that point, you know he's removed. And they go out there and they beat the brakes off Cincinnati. A division opponent, they answer the bell. Baker plays really good. They're making plays all over the field. And you watch that game on film, so you probably can dissect it better, by dissect it better than I can. But then the, that game, and I guess similar to what you just said, you're on top of the world. Then the very next game, you travel to Foxborough. And I watched that game. And they just, Miles Garrett said it after the game, they had no answers, no adjustments, nothing on defense. And offensively, they, they struggled to move the ball after their first drive. How is that from a week-to-week basis? Because I think for fans, you sit there and you watch and you see your team. And it's different when you're playing for a team like when I was in Cleveland and we just lost every week. As a fan, you're like, well, this is what we've come to know. Or a team that's winning every week, this is what we come to know. But what goes into that for a team? Why is it one week you can win by 30 and the next week you lose by 40? Like, What's going on? Well, I think... You have to understand, first and foremost, like every every week is different. In the NFL, like just because you play well against this team, it's not going to matter against the next team. Like you have to take each thing separately. Like that's what you have to figure out. That's what you have to do. That's what it's about. And I would say you could even speak to this. We're back in the part of the season similar to last year. You have to deal with things that have nothing to do with football. Nick Chubb and Felton both are out of the game Sunday because of COVID. And I think now we're back into that COVID type world that's going to have an impact on the season that we haven't had to deal with for most of the season. But numbers have spiked recently. Flu season's up, all of those things. So not to get off top of the Browns versus Patriots, which is a thing. But I think that played a part, too. Like you come in a game, you don't have Nick Chubb. He's kind of your cowbell on the team, and I think now we're going to see even more teams. Minka Fitzpatrick on Pittsburgh has COVID. Joey Bosa, like now you're stuck. 
you're shuffling. These guys that, you know, some of these guys who are never hurt, they're always active for the game. Uh, you know, here in the wing, we always say, Bill will say, well, this guy's played X amount of snaps. One thing I tell you, he'll be there. Some of these guys won't be there strictly because of COVID. And it's interesting to see how this impacts this season now down the stretch. I know we'll get into Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson's return as they play, but Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Ben Roethlis, like this, you know, I think that has just as much of an impact on teams as, you know, trades, release, all of those things, because now you don't expect to not go into these games without these guys, but that's what's popping up. Yeah, for sure. And before we get into kind of our group chat segment and talk about what's going on, what we're talking about in those chats, uh, something that happens Sunday is not something you see every Sunday. I'm watching the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions game, and it ends in a tie, 16 to 16. And I'm watching the game because now I'm home on Sundays. I'm watching the game with my kids and they're confused. My, my son and my daughter are like, who won the game? And I'm like, nobody it's a tie they was like well why don't they go to overtime i'm like overtime just finished like should there be ties in the nfl well did you also notice Najee harris also was like aren't we gonna i didn't even know we, we can tie yeah aren't we gonna keep playing like i mean not to get too far off topic but i was i saw it this year you know shout out all my Rutgers alum we got big people Big time Rutgers people who are included in the production of double coverage to McCordy Twins, so they know exactly what I'm talking about. Rutgers, Rutgers uh, played Illinois after, but Illinois and Pitt and Penn State went to nine overtimes. So I'm not yeah. mad at Najee Harris. He's sitting here like, I just came from college last year. We go to 12 overtimes if we have to, but I'm not mad at it because it's a regular season game. If we were in the playoffs, this game would not have ended in a tie. They would have kept it going. But in a regular season where you have no. to play week, week, week after week after week, we don't want a game to last over. Because oh. now that team, now that team, they're at a disadvantage. They're at a disadvantage next week because they just played the longest game in NFL history. Or like Penn State and Illinois played the longest or the most overtimes in college football. Like, cool. They're 18 yeah, or 19. But, they'll figure it out. We're at a, you're at a disadvantage just because you didn't win the game. So now you're going into we get to the towards the end of the season. And they you know just how to calculate this, that. They know how to calculate this the draw. Just this. Oh, we're we're five, three, and one. Well, what's the one? Did you win or I couldn't even explain it to my kids. Did did they win or did they lose? Uh, they didn't lose, but essentially they didn't win either. Like we've never had ties in the National Football League. Like why have them now? Now you have these coaches who are their career records, and you're trying to. Compare them to the Don Shula's, the Bill Belichick's of their day, and they're just gonna have that that one all the way on the end. Like, what is the one? What is that? We can't have ties in the NFL. Let them keep playing. Do two overtime. Put the ball on the twenty yard line if you want to. College can keep going because heck, they only got to run a play to get so, to the end so zone, and they just kick it, a field goal. Do you want it like college? I think they do three overtimes either at the twenty five or twenty yard line, and then they go. Then you to gotta go for two. No, no, no. But then they go straight to two-point conversions, not like score and then go for two. Mm. It's you get a two-point conversion, I get a two. Is that what you want to see in the NFL? Who's the best team from the two? If we we play an entire overtime and it's still tied up, yes, give me that. Or go back to whoever kicks the field goal, whoever puts any points up first, wins the game. Whatever whatever you deem easier or best suited for our league, but I want a winner and a loser at the end of a game. 
We, we, we don't, we don't plan to go into, we don't plan to tie. I don't want to go home and be like, yeah, we got a tie today. No, I either won the game and I got to celebrate it and enjoy it or I lost the game and I got to get back to work to win the one next week. That's yeah, it. If you, if you, if you win it, you know, my Instagram, uh, on my story, where I had my kids chanting, daddy, 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 that. I, I don't know if you get I, that at I, home. I saw that. No, they ain't chanting. No, I told you my, my, my kids talk trash to me. But did, you, did they ask you how you uh, dropped that uh, pick in the end zone? Got I it. mean, it was only one, one hand, but it would have been a nice one. Well, Judon's been making fun of my thumb because my thumb's a little jacked up. And then my man Steph, my man Gilly texted me today and was like, man, we got to have those. He was like, but it's all good because I know how that thumb's jacked up. So uh, I told him, don't worry about it. My thumb's been ready to retire for like a year or two now. Uh, so he's just holding on. But that's been hey, a going can, joke of my guys. Hey, you can ball mine. Uh, but let's get into the group. The group chat, you know the way I should have started this show? I should have looked into the camera and got close and said, I'm back. Just like Cam Newton did on Sunday. You were playing. You didn't get to see it. I'm back and forth between the game. They get down in the low red zone. Next thing you know, Mr. Newton comes trotting off to the sideline. I'm watching the game, and I say to my kids, Cam Newton is about to run for a touchdown. And as everybody else watching knew, he got that snap in the gun. They now have more people. They have more blockers than you have tacklers. And the extra guy who's the 11th guy, the quarterback, is carrying a ball. And the running back now created an extra gap. And it is a touchdown. And Cam knew it was going to be a penalty. He knew what he was going to do. He pops that helmet off. He walks straight up to the crowd. And he just starts screaming, I'm back. Every person sitting on their couch from in North Carolina to South Carolina to Petey Pablo waved a towel in the air was fired up. There was nothing better. I'm not a Carolina Panther fan. Obviously, I'm a Cam Newton fan, getting a chance to spend a year with him. But that was truly just from a, a football fan standpoint to see a guy who was a franchise guy there for many years, probably holds a lot of the records and all of that to return and have a game like that when score a touchdown early on. It was just awesome to see. Where did they play this game at? Arizona, but still. So Arizona. Cool. The best part of this, and I didn't see any of the game, but I saw the press conference after the game and he said, he was reading his devotional and God spoke to him. He was talking and he was just reading and he said, God came to Moses in the desert. And then he looked at you and the church music got going and it was a beautiful thing because he was in Arizona in the desert just as Moses. So maybe he was Moses parting the Red Sea and taking his people through the Red Sea. Uh, it was great to see. I think great energy. I think when he signed, so many people were happy uh, to see him back in Carolina. Uh, I thought it was a cool story how Steph went out there, got traded to Carolina. Steph Gilmore wanted to wear the number one and represent Cam. Uh, owner told him, no, we're saving that. That's a Cam Newton number one. We're leaving that. And sure enough, weeks later, the number one is back on the field. Great moment. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, just a little foreshadowing of what will be coming up. But uh, I thought that was awesome, man. And, yeah. uh, and, it, 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 and it, it rises the question. I'm not, I'm not asking you to answer this. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want you to answer it. We're going to move right along right after I, I pose the question. But it may get people to start to wonder. 
Is there another franchise quarterback out there who has done a lot for a certain organization who is no longer there, who may return home one day before he retires? It, it just may get some people to start to think about it. That's 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 all I'm going to say. Don't answer it. Don't you don't even think about it. You focus on the present and you ignore the noise. Just do your job. But and on, a, and on another note, another note, uh, comeback stories with quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers returns uh, to play. They play Seattle and Russell Wilson uh, didn't see the game. Both quarterbacks, they said, were rusty. Um, the Packers end up getting a W. But one thing we didn't get to talk about, and it's kind of old news, so I'm not a fan of going back in time, but was the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Did he say he was vaccinated? Did he not say he was vaccinated? He's immunized. Does that mean he's back? I get it. A lot of people were not happy with the way this whole thing played out. Um, I thought it was, I would say, interesting for the fact of whether you believe what Aaron Rodgers said was right or wrong. It's a personal thing that's up to him. I always am very interested and intrigued by how people are treated and viewed through the media, because that's how a lot of fans will view and see things is what are the discussions that happen on Monday when we talk about after Sunday games? What what are those discussions during the week? What happens? How do we talk about a player? Do we call a player an, an idiot or a dummy like we did Kyrie Irving? Do we do we go along those lines when we talk about a player like was that the same energy they brought towards Aaron Rodgers when he was not vaccinated? Did he cost his team? Was he the be- you know? And I get it. The rules in the NBA and the NFL are different. But I always think that's very interesting. And I will say I'm a fan of Jay Williams on Twitter as he poses these questions and the energy that is kept when we view one player compared to another player. I think it's very interesting throughout our society and how we view things and how much the media's interpretation and their perception of how they go and shoot things out to us, whatever is your favorite Fox ESPN double coverage with the McCourty twins. Whenever you view things like I think you have to take an account. What am I listening to? How is it being how is it being presented to me? Um, Because I think a lot of times that is what takes the headlines and how fast the headlines change sometimes have to do with that. Honestly, for me, I, I didn't care whether he said he was, whether immunism, all of that stuff to me was, it doesn't matter. Like that's that's his own business, whether he said exactly in a press conference, he didn't say in a press conference, he didn't have to say anything. To be honest, you shouldn't even really in a press conference be asking a guy whether he's vaccinated or but not. Everybody, but every, everybody is asked. I was asked multiple times in August too. For sure, for sure. And, and he said there wasn't a follow. I don't really know. To me, that didn't matter. To me, the crazy thing about it is, he wasn't vaccinated. He knows he wasn't vaccinated. NFL knows he wasn't vaccinated. Green Bay Packers know he wasn't vaccinated because all of that stuff you have to do. You have to show them your vaccination card when you get vaccinated. So they know whether you're on the list that gets tested every day, whether you're on the list that wears the mask in the building. There's protocols that go along with whether you're vaccinated or you're unvaccinated. The craziest thing to me in all of it was he was never vaccinated. Everybody knew it. And they... I, I wonder, was he getting tested every day? They said he, he, he broke protocols. What protocols was he breaking? Were they just not holding him accountable to being unvaccinated? Or was that just the culture in Green Bay where everybody was just being being treated as they were vaccinated? And then I think on top of all of that, Chris Sims tweeted, 
CD Lamb consecutively has uh, broken the rules of uniform, whether it's socks, whether it's jersey untucked, whatever you want to call it. So CD Lamb, this has been news. He he's continued to do that. His most recent fine, he was fined twenty thousand dollars for a jersey infraction, whatever the infraction was. Aaron Rodgers and uh, whatever, and you don't even have to say Aaron Rodgers. Any player who had this, to this up to this point, if they were breaking COVID protocols, not doing them correctly. You're fined fourteen thousand dollars. So in our league, you can be fined twenty thousand dollars for not wearing your uniform properly. But the protocols that were agreed upon by the PA and the NFL, those protocols can be broken for consecutive weeks knowingly, and you get fined less than a guy that's not wearing his uniform the but correct it, way on Sunday. It, it is important to note, though, the uniform infraction does not start at twenty thousand. That's if yes. you. That's if you. Uh, if you go and you offend it multiple times, it can yes. get to twenty thousand. So, so if, yes, if if you don't follow the COVID protocol for nine, ten weeks, or whatever we're at at this point, your fine doesn't increase. It just stays at fourteen k. But even if, if you, you get, keep, fi- but if you get fined once, I'm pretty sure the next time it'll increase. I I, I guess that's true, but. Why aren't you? <laughs> we sending out warnings first with COVID. COVID warnings. That's what we're big warnings, people. Okay, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Who knows? Hey, the NFL who, who? cares about public opinion and what it looks like. That's what's important, yes. Jay. You know what I know. It don't start that here. I'm sure you didn't see this, uh, Robert Sala and Rex Ryan. I saw this because I have nothing to do. I'm watching. Who you TV picking? All who you picking? Stuff. Who you picking? I, I heard Come about on, this. Man. Come on, man. You see, you can see Robert Sala's traps from the from the TV screen <laughs> on game day. I'm definitely going with Rob. And just Rex Ryan went so hard because they were comparing him to him, this, that, and the third. Robert Sala was just like, I don't even know him. Never met him, never talked to him. Like, I have no idea why it's so personal, but he knows where I'm at. I was like, oh, there you go. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going big Rob there. You, you got to. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I was just like, this is crazy. Rex Ryan is talking about this guy as if he knew him and he did something to him. But I guess at the end of the day, as a coach, Rex Ryan just trying to protect what he's done in this league and what his statistics show from the defenses he's ran and the teams he's led. So I respect that because there can be a lot of people sometimes that talk down about coaches that maybe didn't leave out on a good note. But for Rex Ryan to become a head coach and last that long he had to do some good things defensively before he got to the New York Jets but if it goes down to it on the 50 yard line they about to I'm going big Rob as you know yeah. and I mean I just, I just go ahead I, I was just quickly I just say I thought it was interesting I just think why not just like why try to throw the guy under the bus and finish him like Rex knows how hard that job is he he knows what that's like uh, and he had some success there. Went to the AFC Championship twice. That's not just some success. That's really yeah. good success. It's not getting to the top and winning a championship, which, you know, everyone's measured by. But, like, to take an organization and get that far, like, that means a lot. In a tough division where you're going against the Patriots at a point in time where they were just dominating a division. So Rex had great success. Yeah, but true. he also knows as great as that success was, they fired him. He wants an AFC championship twice. They fired. It's a tough place to coach in, play in. Everything's tough in that area. So to now try to belittle the guy, throw him under the bus. I mean, I just thought that was kind of weak. You know, my personal opinion of that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of weak, my guy, two-glove Teddy. 
Darius Slade picks up a fumble. He's returning. He returns at 82 yards. And believe me, I'm all for your starting quarterback. My my starting quarterback, don't be running in there making a blow shot. I remember being in Tennessee with Vince Young. If he threw an interception, he was in straight headhunter mode. He was going full speed to attack whoever had the ball. I don't know if I really want my quarterback doing that. Spare those shoulders. But Teddy B with the business decision as Slay's coming down there, he's bigger than Slay. My thing is, at the very least, just lay down in front of him, see if you can trip him up, see if somebody else can tackle him. But you, you got to do something. It was definitely a bad decision. But I think Teddy Bridgewater ultimately thought the play was going to get blown dead. And he was like, why am I going to take a risk of hurting my shoulder when the play's coming back anyway? He was down. Play to the whistles blown. I get it. I think that's what he made. I wonder how the defense took that watching that. But I, from early in the season, we talked about it on this show. I think Teddy Bridge has great relationships with the team, and I'm sure they understood and they all talked about it, but not a great picture on Monday morning to see not, that. Not at all. And it was a big, not I mean, all. that's a huge play in the game. So not a great picture. Not a great picture. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Trevon Diggs. Making his case for Defensive Player of the Year. We got a chance to be with Gilly the year he won Defensive Player of the Year. And this guy is having a a, a really good year. And we know it's very hard for a cornerback to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I'm playing right now, well, was playing with X, Xavier. He had 10 picks the year before. JC had nine picks. And those guys didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. And I don't know what it takes. I mean, I watched... Step lock up on the best receiver each and every week. Even games he didn't have picks. His impact on the game was enormous. Our entire game plan was formed around him. Being in the same division as Miami last year, watching Xavier Howard matching up with the best receiver on the other team. And he took the ball away 10 times and also had fumble recoveries, recoveries as well. And he, they didn't really consider him for the defensive player of the year. So I don't really know what it takes. I will say at the time we were winning a lot of games in New England in, in 19. Uh, we ended up, I think, being what? 12 and four or something like that. Um, ended up not not uh, going far in the playoffs, but maybe the, your team success, the defensive success has a lot to do with it, but it's very tough as a cornerback to win defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be how it shakes out. I mean, like you said, I thought Steph's impact on a defense and um, impact that year was so great that people were like, man, like the only other person that was in consideration too was Aaron Donald's in consideration every year. And I would say now TJ Watt has kind of been in that too, Mm -hmm. where TJ Watt was an animal that year in 2019. But Diggs is on, I mean, listen, X had 10 picks, JC not. Diggs is on pace right now. Like Diggs can finish with like 15 interceptions. Like, so we'll have to see. Diggs might have more interceptions than some teams this year. Like this could be a crazy, I mean, he has eight interceptions in nine games. Like there's 17 games. If he, if he had finishes with 16, like, you know, we're talking about something that's, you know, hasn't been done in a long time, if ever at all. So depending on what number he gets to, it could be pretty hard to not give him that defensive player of the year. I don't care what you look at. Same way guys who will get like 20 sacks in a season, even though Chandler Jones had a crazy sack number one year and didn't get it. You know, I think it's like you said, how well is your team playing? Do you get to play the big Sunday night, Monday night games? Or that's when you have the big game. That's what I think a lot of people see. You know, you play a big game into the season, Monday night football, 
you get two interceptions, like, whoa, like, and I think that's what Gilly did, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Very good point. Very good point. Um, shaking out. Frank Gore, Deron Williams going to be in the ring, shaking, baking, all of that. Who you got winning it? I mean, why are we even talking about this? This is Frank Gore, hands down. I mean, hands down, Frank Gore. It's not fair because we know Frank Gore a little bit. Stories from guys that have played with him. We played against him. We just know Deron Williams, mean crossover, step back, get to the bucket, a great assist guy. So we don't we we know the physical hard nosed running back and as a point guard. So of course we're I'm go, I'm going Frank Gore. But it will be interesting. Boxing has nothing to do with basketball or football. So Deron Williams could be nice with the hands, but we'll we'll get we'll see. I mean. Hey, like I said, I don't want to play football and then go to boxing. But Frank Gore, as we all know, <laughs> if you had to pick him. somebody, it'd be him. He's a different animal, different animal. I mean, he could no still doubt. probably be playing running back right now. For sure. For sure. But hey, as we start to wrap this thing up, who do you have for the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week? I probably should have saved the story, but this is easy. Our Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week goes no other than to Cameron Newton, who is also a Dan O'Brien guy. He chopped it up with Dan O'Brien, had a little uh, a nice little video where they were riding. I think they might have been riding, smoking cigars, big chilling. So, yeah, Cam Newton goes back to Carolina, not just goes back to Carolina, gets a pretty good contract to be back in Carolina. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to disappoint y'all. I'm what the game's been missing. And he shows up and turns out a great start. I mean, and like people will be like, well, like I saw somebody was like, well, he only had eight yards passing and like 14 yards rush. I mean, he got to the team on like Thursday. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what, what did we think was going to happen? So no, uh, no. great start for Cam Newton. Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week. For sure. And we've already hit a ton of people who won and lost the weekend from Cleveland's performance to Odell getting to the Rams and them laying a bomb to Cam Newton to, and then Pat Mahomes having a big game to Miami Dolphins winning on Thursday night as the underdogs. A lot of winners and losers of the weekend. The, the LA Lakers, the LA, the LA Lakers not winning. Chicago Bulls kind of catching the league by storm. Steph Curry back on the Chef Curry. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a lot going on. Winners, losers everywhere right now. For sure. And I think something more important happened over these last few days over this past week was A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans went on his social media account and talked about the importance of mental health, talked about a year ago, really contemplating doing something that was going to be catastrophic to his life and talking about ending it, talking about suicide and said at that time he didn't know. He didn't have anything that he hoped in and he didn't see a, a brighter future or things that were worth living for. And he said he can now sit here a year from then and talk about all the things that he's grateful for and know how important he is to so many people around him. And I think that's was so clutch. And I think our league and I think just society in general is changing our outlooks on mental health. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, Calvin Ridley is away from the Atlanta Falcons right now dealing with his mental health. Uh, we saw Lane Johnson get away from the Eagles that we talked about on this show to secure his mental health. And now a guy like A.J. Brown coming out talking about his mental health. And I think not only as players and athletes, we saw Kevin Love do it. Um, as we talk about it, it encourages the guys around us in our locker rooms, uh, our teams, other teams, 
teams, other sports. But I think it also and hopefully inspires a younger generation of those high school, college kids who are dealing with maybe it's not sports. Maybe it's grades. Maybe it's uh, dealing with your identity or sexuality or whatever the case may be, whether it's discomfort or you not sure or who you are, who you want to be or so concerned about what the people around you think. And I think it's so important for us mentally to make sure we're checking in with each other, with ourselves and making sure we're good. And a lot of credit uh, to A.J. Brown as a young guy acknowledging that and just being a, a, a voice for the voiceless and being able to speak up and being comfortable in that space to be vulnerable and talk about the things that he's gone through. I agree with you 100 percent. The vulnerability to go out there and and could easily have gone through that and told just some close friends and family. But to do that, I think the impact of that. And uh, I think, like he said, he encouraged people to find someone to talk to, find places to to give your energy to that are positive. I know for both of us, our faith is a big reason. We have purpose outside of just football, outside of trying to make money, outside of what we want to be uh, after football, what we want to do, like our wives, our kids, like we have purpose in God. And I know that is big for us. And I think for each person, you have to find things bigger than yourself that have a strong foundation that do not break, do not change, that can always be there for you. Because the one thing about life is there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. Uh, and it's always important to have people and, and something in your life that can keep you grounded and be your true foundation. So again, shout out AJ Brown for that video. Very inspiring and uplifting, not just to his peers, but I think to everyone who gets to check that out because he's a guy who had great success on the field since yeah. he's come into the league. So for him to be going through that, it just talks about how life is so much more than what you do for a living. For sure, for sure, man. We appreciate you guys for checking us out. A reminder, you can catch us Welcome every week on Welcome YouTube, back. iTunes, Welcome all that stuff. Back. Search Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. And as always, you can find us on as social always, media. Mama, you mama, 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 we made it. And make sure you hit that subscribe button, social media at McCordy Twins. We will see you guys next week. Have a great week and go get your Thanksgiving meals ready. <laughs>